Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from Rockefeller Center here in New York City. And I'm back after a nice long weekend. Um, Will will be joining me at the end of the show. Um, He's going to do the sign-off for the very first time tonight. Um, So, uh, you got that to look forward to. Um, We have lots of good stuff coming up for you. Um, And we're going to start with what has been the big story for about a month now. Um, Miley Cyrus going through a breakup. Um, Of course, the initial breakup was with her um, soon-to-be ex-husband, Liam Hemsworth. Um, Rumors continue to just spill out about what happened between them. Um, With... With no two, um, with no two stories being the same, um, now she has now Miley Cyrus has broken up with Caitlin Carter, who she was spotted with immediately after the announcement of her divorce from Liam. Um, this was a relationship that was hot and heavy um, for about a month, and. It really um, shot into gear uh, right after uh, the divorce announcement from Liam when they were spotted together, um, uh, quote-unquote, basically having sex uh, in an Italian resort. People talked about... um, uh, People were talking about how um, close they were and... But also how weird it was that um, Caitlyn and Miley moved on from their um, exes. Of course, Miley's, Miley's announcement came just hours before the first pictures of Caitlyn and Miley as a couple came out. And Caitlyn had broken up with Brody Jenner um, just weeks before that. Um, and to that end... Um, To that end, a source has said they've been friends forever and were there for each other when they were both getting separated. So, what a lot of people are thinking is, you know, it was probably just a rebound thing where they both just needed, um, they needed to fall back on someone who they felt comfortable with, who they knew, you know, going in, they probably knew that this wasn't going to last, but... Um, they could relax with one another. That... Um... That being said... You know, the the whole tabloidiness of this whole thing... Can't be ignored. Uh, Caitlin is a reality star... Who is divorcing a member of one of the, if not the biggest, reality TV show families out there. And Miley is a cottage industry of tabloid news stories. Um, Seriously, I'm pretty sure that they have just an army of employees um, that are... 
that are strictly um, that are strictly there just for to cover Miley Cyrus in case she does something crazy um, because she will that's who Miley is that's what that's her public persona uh, and notice I'm using those words public persona and not her actual personality because it seems like Miley likes to play the game she likes to pretend a lot so I think that's very important to keep in mind um, as we move forward um, you know she doesn't necessarily show us what she's feeling or what she's thinking all she shows us is what she wants us to see um, and to that end um, Miley posted a picture of her sticking her tongue out and um, Caitlin commented get it uh, and this has led people to believe that obviously they're going to stay friends and you know it wasn't a bad breakup in fact a source said she and Caitlin spent every day together and it just wasn't anything that Miley wanted to continue doing she wanted to focus on her career which actually seems reasonable um, Miley has always been very career oriented um, I remember a few years ago there was um I think it was Forbes um, article stating that um, Miley was worth almost a billion dollars. Um, and that was before she even turned 18. So obviously she's not hurting for money. And if she ever, if she ever is hurting for money, she can very easily go back to um, Hannah Montana and be just fine. Let's be real here. Alright, I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And over the weekend, Tommy Lee um, apparently uploaded a video of his penis to Instagram. And... That is not a sentence I ever imagined saying here. Um, now, of course, and every every breathless piece of celebrity gossip and every article had to mention this, and I have to mention it. This is not the first time we've seen Tommy Lee's dick, okay? Um, we've seen it when he and now ex-wife Pamela Anderson made their sex tape. Um, and there's been a few other times where he's, like, whipped it out. Um, so, this wasn't necessarily all that shocking, um, and I'm not actually sure why it blew up the way it did. Um, and the, it was a video of, um, Tommy Lee's wife, and his member started, um, poking through, so to speak, um, near her mouth. Now, he, Tommy Lee, for his part, swears it wasn't him, that it was a uh, filter that they were using, and with someone else's penis because that makes this whole thing better <laughs> I mean I really don't know what the argument here is um 
it wasn't mine, so you can't be mad. Because was anyone really angry? Um, that, that sounds like a joke, but actually, I'm really asking. Um, you know, they're two adults. If they want to do that sort of thing, that's their business. Uh, um, so I don't know. I I don't know what the reasoning for lying about it is. Um, you know, if it if it wasn't him, and they really did use um, a filter, first of all, what kind of filter are you using, and how did you find it? Because I don't think it exists. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but on a more serious note. Um, on, a, on a more serious note, though, we, um, we should be, um, seeing more movement. Um, or, I'm sorry, we should be seeing, shows you where my mind's at. <laughs> we should, we, we should, by this point, know what this filter was. Don't just say it was a filter that you were using. Tell us what the filter was. And I think that's what's um, leading to the inclination that he lied. And again, I don't know why, why lie about it. Y'all are married. Ain't nobody going to care if you did. Um, you know... There, there was one rumor that started to um, circulate, um, and it kind of makes sense, um, but there, it's unsubstantiated at this point, um, and it's only a rumor. But the rumor was that it was his son, it was his son's dick that um, made its way in there, um, because in like according to the rumor. Um, According to this rumor, um, Tommy Lee's wife and son had been having an affair, which is what led to um, Tommy Lee and his son's fight earlier this year. And Tommy Lee's embarrassed that his son is sleeping with his wife and is trying to save face. So... Uh, the theory on its own does stand up to reason, but I want before we go full throttle with it, I really want to see um, what proof there is of this. Um, because uh, you know, it, it to say that a son is sleeping with his dad's wife is is just not cool, especially if there's no uh, nothing to back it up. Um, you know, if there's something to back it up, then by all means, let's do this. You know, let's, let's go ahead and, um, move forward with talking about, 
um, the, that kind of scandal. So I guess we're, we're going to see. Um, I'm still, if it, and I haven't seen the uncensored picture. Um, as soon as I do, I'll let you know. Um, but seriously, uh, <laughs> Tommy, we've seen your dick, okay? So if that is your dick, I will be the first one to know because I've studied it uh, for, for, I've studied it for the segment. Uh, <gasps> um, I, I can feel y'all not believing me. And I don't know why you don't believe me. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find a picture before I end this segment. Just from the censored pictures, I will say it does look actually look like his. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's his and he's just lying for whatever reason. And I'm going to take a break and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. Um, and so for some uh, news that's up to the minute, um, Billy Porter made history at the Emmys last night when he won... Um, best lead actor for Pose. Um, he is the first gay black man to win uh, best actor drama Emmy. Um, and, and this really is a big deal. Um, people try to downplay it as, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. Um, first of all, it puts him just an Oscar away from uh, EGOT. And just on a side note, I found out that. Um, Ben Platt is also just just an Oscar away from an EGOT, so let's get these two boys into a movie together where they can both win an Oscar, okay? That's our job. That way they become EGOTs together, because I think that would be super duper adorable. Um, So... Porter is known um, for making grand entrances into red carpets um, and talk shows and all that. Um, but last night he was a little bit more muted in his acceptance speech when he, when the gravity of what had just occurred um, really settled, settled on him. He said, I am so overwhelmed and I am so overjoyed to have lived long enough to see this day. We as artists are the people who get to change the molecular structure of the hearts and minds of the people who live on this planet. Please don't ever stop doing that. Please don't ever stop telling the truth. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I love Billy Porter. Um, he 
he really just makes my heart sing. Um, he's, like I said, he is really super duper talented. Um, and, uh, but more than that, he's just a genuine person. Um, he... He makes even the most complicated of dialogue um, or monologues look super duper easy. Like, like it took him no effort, and you know it. He's had to take hours just preparing for it. Um, and he wasn't the only one putting the LGBTQ community um, in the headlines last night. Um, Patricia Arquette, who won Best Supporting Actress for her role in The Hustle. I'm sorry, The Act, not The Hustle. Um, um, It gave an empowering speech, um, mostly because her sister, Alexis Arquette, um, died recently. And, of course, Alexis was uh, transgender, for those of you who don't know. Uh, here's what Patricia said. I just have to say I'm so grateful to be working. I'm grateful at 50 to be getting the best parts of my life, and that's great. But in my heart, I'm so sad I lost my sister and that trans people are still being persecuted. I'm in mourning, Alexis, and I will be the rest of my life for you until we change the world, until trans people are not persecuted. And give them jobs. They're human beings. Let's give them jobs. Let's get rid of the bias that we have everywhere. And, you know, um, Alexis was probably most famous for, um, outing Jared Little as having a big dick, um, and possibly outing him, period, um, because she claims that the two, uh, were lovers at one point, um, that, that Jared has never denied being intimate with Alexis, but he's never actually embraced um, the role that she played in his life either, so um, it could go either way, to be honest. Um, some people right now are, are aren't sure, and, you know, we'll never get to ask the follow-up questions, so uh, but um, I think Alexis's message and Billy's message, for that matter, are two of the most important um, to come out of the Emmys last night. Um, and it is it is actors and artists' jobs to change hearts, um, and that's really what we should be focusing on. Um, letting people see what's what's really happening and what's really what's really going on. Um, you know, uh, homophobes, um, transphobic people want to paint the LGBTQ community as bad or, um, dangerous for society. What's dangerous is hate. And let's not forget that. What's dangerous is hate. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, um, we're going to talk some writing. 
Um, you all know I've segued into being an essayist full-time at Medium. And, um, so part of my job now, obviously, is coming up with essays. <laughs> Can't be an essayist without essays. Um, so to that end, what I'll do is I'll read, I've been reading a lot more articles, um, mostly on Medium because I get a, um, I, I get my membership there. But, you know, really all over. Um, the, the article that I'm going to talk about actually did come from Medium, though. Um, it's called Friend, with, Friend of the Devil um, by Aaron Gell. And uh, it was all about Paul Bronstein and his horrific, horrific um, crime posing as a firefighter. Um, throwing a smoke bomb down the hallway of a former co-worker's apartment building and getting into her apartment and then tying her up and um, assaulting her. Um, and then uh, threatening to kill Anna Wintour. Which just takes on... It, it takes this from weird as it is as it stands on its own um they took it to from weird to just completely bizarre and then he went on the run as a homeless man um which that part actually fascinated me um and then uh, as the story goes he you know he was caught he tried to commit suicide um now he sits in prison. Or, I'm sorry. He was sitting in prison and now he's in a mental ward. Um, and, you know, a, a, he befriended, allegedly befriended a 16-year-old girl. Um, and, and, you know, he started having her do his bidding since he's, he wasn't able to while in prison. Um, which inspired a whole, um, erotic book, and I don't know. It's a very dark book, so if you ever read it, um, if I ever write it and you read it, this is, this is the inspiration for it. And you'll know. I promise you'll know. Um, so, um... back to so this whole piece is all about you know how he knew how Aaron knew Paul they were acquaintances they worked together and at some point um Paul quit his job because he asked for an extra ticket to um an award show and Aaron kind of continued growing in success and I guess growing in success bothered um I don't know I that part I couldn't understand but anyway so so as Aaron's reputation grew um as Aaron's reputation grew Paul reached out to him from prison and offered to do an interview with him um, and at first, 
Aaron was like, no, and then kind of the best gotcha woman, uh, he went and did the interview. And here's where it gets really weird, because throughout most of this article, Paul is painted as a very good guy, if not misguided. Um, which is a problem unto itself. Um, and you can kind of tell why this this piece was rejected. I'm telling you it was rejected right now. Um, I don't have any proof of this, but... Um, you you can kind of tell that it was rejected because he um, published it as a Kindle single in 2011 and then um, published it on Medium. And it's very well written. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, Aaron... Aaron Gell is a very, very talented writer. Um, my issue is not with that. My issue seems to be um, throughout most of the article, he paints this dude as being a good guy. Um, that is until he goes through the evidence and sees um, his former co-worker, Paul and his former co-worker um, bound up in um, you know, uh, the sexual assault charge kind of starts rolling around. Now, um, it's never been uh, talked about or said what that charge was. But, um, the victim testified in court and said, you know, he he took off her clothes um, violently. And while there was no penetration, he did fondle her and touch her um, in intimate ways. Um, he for- he was, you know, obviously, she was handcuffed. She did not consent to these, him touching her. Um, so, um, that's where that stemmed from. And then, um, Aaron seemed to have realized what he did and and said, you know, it just kind of clicked, like, this dude is, was not an average guy who just happened to fall into extraordinary circumstances. He, he did this. Um, if you get a chance to read it, go to, go to Medium. It's called Friend with the Devil, or Friend of the Devil, rather. Um, it's a very good piece, um, and I do recommend it. It's very long, so it will take you a while, but go read it. Um, but out of that piece came three of my own pieces. Um, one is, of course, a classic true crime piece, um, because I, I want to investigate this myself, and, um, examine it through the lens of someone who doesn't know him um, but who's worked in the media someone who's um, um, someone who's covered like the celebrity of it all and not whatever um, so that, uh, that's the angle I'm going to take on it when I write it which it will be soon um, and then I wanna, um, I, I'm gonna 
hopefully maybe one day write this um, piece about, or this erotic novel. Um, and it's, the actual premise is very basic. Um, but it, there's not going to be any sexual assault because Amazon doesn't allow that um, on their platform. But, um, what I am going to do is kind of, like, my idea was to spring it forward in in a really unique way. Um, kind of take a trope, um, a a trope from porn and from erotic novels, and kind of spin it on its head a little bit. Um... Because I think that could be, I think it could be really interesting and psychological and, and fun. Um, and then, um, the third piece is a really humorous take on what people would say about me, um, if, if I was ever accused of crimes. And let's face it, no one's going to be nice about me, um. They're, they're going to throw me under the bus. They're going to say he did it. It's not going to be, oh, he was so quiet. It's going to be, oh, that loud ass, he did it. <laughs> uh, and that piece was a lot of fun to write, actually. Um, just because I know myself well enough, and I'm not, you know, my feelings are not really going to be hurt at all. Um... But it also kind of made me, um, like reading the piece and all the writing that it inspired, it really did make me kind of, um, sit back a little bit and think. You know, um, Anne Rule did, um, The Stranger Beside Me, um, and it could be because she knew Ted Bundy. And, you know, I started thinking, like, how do you know who you're sitting next to? How do you know that the person you're having lunch with doesn't have some psychological disorder or isn't some sort of criminal? You really don't know any of that. And it's really scary. But what's not scary is I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, Will is going to do political talk. We'll be right back. And I'm back. Well, actually, I should say we're back. Uh, Will is joining me because y'all seem to love him so much. But just remember, Dick Pitts built this podcast. Thank you very much for that, Ed. And on that note, here's Politalk. We've got two big stories this week. Following up on last week, I talked a little bit at the end of last week's segment about how there had been an attack on an oil field in Saudi Arabia by Houthi rebels in Yemen. Yemen. Now, this week saw that story develop a bit. The oil field in Saudi Arabia wiped, it was, the attack was extremely effective. It wiped out about half of the country's oil production and about 5% of oil production across the world. So really hitting uh, America's government where it hurts. In other words, 
Saudi Arabia and also Trump immediately jumped straight to saber-rattling. Saudi Arabia has accused Iran of being behind the attack, claiming that the Houthi rebels could not have, um, claiming that cruise missiles used in the attack could not have originated from Yemen, but they have not publicly released the evidence. The, nevertheless, nevertheless, the United States uh, is operating under the assumption that Iran is behind the attack. On account of how tensions with Iran have escalated severely since Trump uh, reimposed sanctions on the country, the State Department, um, rumors suggest that the State Department believes that Iran is trying to force European countries to come to the table and uh, reinstate the treaty without the U.S.'s involvement, cutting us out of the process entirely. The Iranians don't even want us. Well, the Iranians have never wanted us, not since, like, the 60s. I want to blame Trump. Yeah, you want to blame Trump. And to be fair, you can mostly blame, blame him for this. This recent bout of brinkmanship is happening more or less entirely because he reinstated sanctions on Iran after re- removed the Obama-era treaty. <sighs> this um, includes the uh, oil tanker attacks in the Strait of Hormuz some months back. The U.S. has um, actually deployed some troops to Saudi Arabia to help with missile defense. A low number, not in the thousands, per the Department of Defense. Mm. What they really mean is, it's probably closer to 10,000 than what they wanted. Okay, pump the brakes. <laughs> um, yeah, funny how uh, small-scale military deployments run with several hundreds of troops, but that is neither here nor there. We've deployed troops to Saudi Arabia to assist with missile defense, and Iran has publicly denied responsibility for the attack. Several... Uh, Scholars who've been monitoring the situation in Yemen say that it is unlikely that the Houthis are an Iranian proxy on the grounds of how the rebels have um, disregarded Iranian advice in the past. That conflict has been long and ugly. The conflict in Yemen has been long and ugly, to be perfectly frank. And there's a lot of reasons to to suggest that it might have been the Houthis alone. They've been conducting retaliatory strikes on Saudi terrain since 2015 in response to a Saudi coalition-led bombing campaign that was at its heaviest in 2015 but continues today. This Saudi government has been accused of war crimes during this camp bombing campaign, namely targeting civilians and failing to distinguish between military and civilian targets in its raids. Because of course. Yeah, so there's plenty of reason to suggest it is just the there's plenty of reason to suggest that it is just the Houthis doing this. However, Iran and Saudi Arabia have been rivals for a long time, and it's definitely likely that Iran would try to undercut its rival head if it had the chance, especially because Saudi Arabia has more to lose from a war than Iran does, given how tight the economic sanctions we've placed on them are. Intriguing. Yeah. Now let's take a break from that depressing news of possible large-scale war in the Middle East and go to um, U.S. government corruption. Uh, specifically, a whistleblower com- complaint uh, came to light over the course of this week. The Justice Department has refused to release it uh, to Congress. For the record, the whistleblower complaint, 
complaint was made within the Justice Department. A employee of the Justice Department, whose identity is not known, complained to their superiors about certain actions that the president has taken. Now, legally, the Justice Department is required to report this to Congress, but it has not done so because Trump's administration, basically. Be Although, mm -hmm. Because the Department of Justice has basically become Trump's own private law firm. Yeah, the Department of um, getting Trump off. Don't we're gonna fucking move right the hell on there. We're we're gonna don't say a fucking word. Not a fucking word out of you. Not a word. Okay. Moving on. Um, what's come to light is that the complaint was about Trump apparently contacting the Ukrainian president and pressuring him to launch an investigation into a company where that Joe Biden's son had a stake in that had been conducting business in Ukraine. He report this is unconfirmed, but he reportedly threatened to withhold American military aid to the Ukraine unless the president um, conducted this investigation. What is true is that he definitely sought as it, his own lawyer uh, confirmed that Rudy Giuliani confirmed that Trump did seek a foreign power's help to uh, dig up dirt on his primary right, on his political rival. This seems to be a habit of his. Yes, it is. This is... I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. This is, this is an impeachable offense. Not only is he being corrupt, but by withholding, uh, threatening to withhold... Threatening to withhold military aid without a, you know, legitimate reason to do so. You can, th you can threaten to withhold military aid. Past administrations have done it. Even Obama's administration threatened to withhold aid to the Ukraine on the grounds that the president, unless they got their current president out of there because he was a corrupt crony of Putin's, basically. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's too much going on with that to, to cover in this section of politalk, unfortunately. But basically, by threatening to remove military aid without legitimate cause, which Trump does not appear to have, the government has, um, of Ukraine has not invested, like, the last time they investigated his son for any uh, wrongdoings was years ago, and the probe didn't turn up anything. By doing so, Trump, but, but by trying to force them to reopen an investigation, Trump is not only being blatantly corrupt, he's also harming U.S. security interests by potentially weakening a uh, power that we have in place to be a buffer between the rest of Europe and Putin. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. This is, this is kind of an impeachable offense. But he's not going to be impeached because Obviously Republicans. Not. Obviously not. Yeah, this, this year saw the final capitulation of Ben Sasse, probably the last holdout in the Senate, who uh, finally um, got that Trump endorsement after staying quiet and voting on a bunch of his proposals, basically. Oh, Jesus Christ. He was the last guy who was really publicly never Trump, so... In other uh, smaller news, Mike Pence is in a little bit of hot water today. He, um, 
he brought an eight-car motorcade to a Michigan island where cars are banned, specifically Mackinac Island, which has a century-old ban on all non-emergency vehicles. He showed up in his motorcade. So real, real classy there, Mike. So, yeah, uh, Mackinac is, has always tried to preserve the beauty of the island, uh, the peninsula, as it were. Um, and so you're not allowed to drive there. And this is, this is actually a big deal. Um, as someone from Michigan, I can tell you, like, people are pissed because you don't break this protocol. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, it's Detroit for God's sake. But when it comes to the, the UP and the Mackinac Island, you don't do this shit. Yeah. I, I know it probably sounded mildly sarcastic when I said um, that he was in hot water for that because of just how my monotone voice works. But he really is in pretty serious hot water for violating this ban with no good reason to do so. The last president to visit it in Mackinac came in a horse and carriage. So, on a funnier note... Earlier this week, Fox News, with Fox and Friends, was bash, um, claiming that climate change didn't exist and uh, talking about how liberals had forgotten God, and then immediately pivoted to showing the damage caused by a tropical storm in Melda. So, <laughs> oh, irony! Good fucking times. <laughs> All right. So I was supposed to bring shot glasses so we could clink at the end of the show, but since I'm not the prepared one, you can imagine how that went. Mm, no comment. <laughs> if y'all knew just the kind of dirty look I was getting right about now. <laughs> I'm sure they can imagine. I'm a scared. <laughs> Alright, let's cut to the outro. Yeah? Yeah. Cheers. <coughs> See you next week. And I will be back tomorrow.